shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Hey, come on, two, shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot your shot. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Shoot Your Shot podcast. It has been a while since I've had to say that. Just had to dust off the cobwebs there um yeah we're, we're i'm Smedi Arberahini, joined by bradshaw for long it's been it's been a while i have to redo my whole intro man but um look we're, we're we started in the off season last year so i figured it'd be good for us to restart in the off season again this year um i feel like if anything we are an off season podcast so if you're yeah. listening to this podcast our main stay, what we do here at the podcast is we invite guests and they give us their hot takes. They shoot their shot, as you would say. And if they shoot their shot and we agree with their take or we agree with whatever they're saying, that's the whole goal of this. So if anybody is listening to this podcast right now that would like to shoot a shot, that would like to, I don't know, on anything. It doesn't have to be anything serious. It could be, you know, I think Devin Booker is better than Clay Thompson. We'll get into that in a little bit. But just shoot your shot. If you want to shoot your shot, come on on the pod and we'll uh, we'll have you on. It'll be a blast. What we're going to talk about today is something that I almost received death threats for <laughs> on my uh, on my Twitter. It was, uh, you know, I posted. I, I, I just can't believe you made you, you, Espandiar Barahini made such a bad list. You made I, it yourself. I crafted so it. You know, I wish I was that good at graphic design. You know, they, they would hire me. It would, it would be. A better better situation for me if I was that nice at graphic design. But look, um, True Sports TV, shout out to my guys at True Sports. They posted a um, a ranking of all of the shooting guards in the NBA. Ranked them between tier one, two, three, four, five. I posted it on Twitter saying, what is wrong with this list? Apparently, a lot a was lot. wrong with this list. So, um yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to say too much about it. A lot of people complained about the list. I had to mute. I, I had to mute the whole tweet. There was, there was no reason for me to even continue because it was just exhausting. Um, so we'll, we'll get into it. I think a lot of people said Harden should be in a tier of his own. And, and if you want, yeah. you know, you can go ahead and check it on my Twitter as well, but I'll break it down for you. So tier one was James Harden, Clay Thompson, Bradley Beal. Tier two was Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, DeMar DeRozan, Paul George, which, I mean, that, not really a shooting guard, but okay. Um, Victor Oladipo. <laughs> there, are few, there are a few like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Victor Oladipo, CJ McCollum, Donovan Mitchell. And then tier three, I'm not going to go through every tier because it's just exhausting, but we'll just, we'll, we'll go into the conversation. Tier three is Drew Holiday, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. Interesting one. Um, Fred Van Vliet Jr., Fred Van Vliet Jr., Fred Van Vliet, wow. um, Zach Levine, Gary Harris, and Karis LeVert. So that's your that's your tiers. I'm not going to go more in-depth on there, although there are some outliers that should probably be a little bit higher. Like Duncan Robinson should be a little bit higher than this, I think. I think he might be – maybe deserves tier three. Uh, maybe Bogdan Bogdanovich jumps into tier four instead of being in tier five. Yeah, that was that was that was a bit sad. That was one of the ones I've had a big issue with. Was, yeah, uh, with Bogey being that low, that was surprising to me. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. There's there's some disrespectful stuff at the bottom tiers too. I agree, but we'll focus on the on the top tiers for now. And I think one of the main conversations everybody is having is like, okay, 
is Clay Thompson and Bradley Beal really on James Harden's level? And to answer that question, no. No, <laughs> no absolutely not. Not even remotely. So you guys are right in the fact of saying James Harden is definitely a tier above anybody else. The man is an MVP. The man could have won two MVPs in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think tier one is clearly James Harden. Now you move it down, tier two, and then you have Clay Thompson and Bradley Beal. I, I'm going to be of the opinion that I, I agree. And a lot of people said this too, that Devin Booker is better than Clay Thompson. I, I love Clay. I love Clay. I, I absolutely love Clay Thompson. Um, and I think he's awesome. He's probably, he, no, for, he's for sure a better defender than Devin Booker. Not even close. But I think everything else Devin Booker has. I think as a pure shooter, like a catch and shoot standstill, like you just got to make the shot. I'm taking Clay. Like pretty much every time, like yeah. just for a long time, everyone basically agreed that like Steph and Clay were like two of the five best shooters of all time. Yeah, that's true. So I, I, I think you, I think you have to at least give Clay that. I don't think there's a guy in the NBA. I still don't think there's a guy in the NBA that like when he's hot, like no one's touching Clay Thompson. Like he's, well, like he, he's just so ridiculous. He's when I did when I did this myself, and I think we'll get into this in a second. Like I think it's. I think they kind of obviously they had to do it for like just to make it smaller and be able to put it on one post. Yeah. But you lock yourself into a bit of a tough situation when you just when you're just giving yourself five tiers. Like I think obviously ideally you could make it into more tiers because the way I had it was like James Harden by himself obviously, uh, Clay Thompson I had him in a tier by himself as well. There's tier one, tier two, Clay Thompson by himself in tier two because I think he's just he's his own player. He's has this track record that. These guys just don't have like Devin Booker has been really good this past season, but he doesn't have the track record that Clay Thompson has. I think that matters. I, I think it's funny because like me and you both are guys who were really skeptical of Devin Booker just like last season. And then now eight games yeah. happened in the bubble and we're like, never mind. Nah, he's, he's, he's right up there with three time NBA champion, Clay Thompson. Um, I, I I see what you're saying. Like the argument for, for Clay versus Booker is just a matter of, of what they can bring to a basketball court. I don't think it could be an accolades award thing because Clay obviously destroys him in terms of accolades. Yeah. I think it's just who you prefer on a basketball court. Spot-up shooting, you nail it on the head. Clay is easily a better spot-up shooter. Um, I would say in terms of playmaking, it's easily Devin Booker, and he's improved on that a lot. I don't know if... Like Clay, Clay hasn't necessarily been put in the situation to be a good yeah. playmaker either. That hasn't been something that he's needed to do. But I do think that at the end of the day, Devin Booker is just a better playmaker. Um, so so D Book gets that defense wise. We said Clay, and then in terms of just shot creation for himself, creating off the bounce, I would still put D Book in there. So it it really just depends on your preference of what kind of shooting guard you want. Yeah. Um, so, so the way I would do it is like tier one, James Harden. We're doing tier easily. He is yeah. he's undoubtedly. Look, it's, like, just, it's like when you post it, you have the point, you put the point guard one out too. Steph Curry and is like, tier one. Steph yeah. Curry by himself. Like why, why are we even talking about this? Like Steph Curry is, is like, look, not neck and neck, but he's the only one who can even claim second greatest point guard of all time behind magic Johnson. I don't know. You can, yeah. you can throw John Stockton up there, but I don't even think he's like close to Steph in we, terms of, we know some, we know someone who would put John Stockton that high. Yes. Yes, we do. Um, so, so we'll go, we'll go hard in tier one, tier two. I'm cool with adding a couple of players beside clay. I, I'm, I'm okay with, with doing that. I think it's okay to put a Bradley Beal in tier two. I think it's okay to put a Devin Booker in tier two. Um, 
I wouldn't put Paul George on this list in general because he's not a shooting guard. Yeah. But if but I cla- guess like for the fact of like on the Clippers, he was like, like it was him and him and Kawhi. But like at the same time, you have to just like they're just, they were just wings. Like they weren't a specific like position on that team. They were just wing players. I'll, I'll go ahead and say this too. Like it's tough to play the whole position thing now because there's just. Like we've moved into positionless basketball. It's guards, wings, and bigs. That's what it is, yeah. right? And to label a guy as a shooting guard would most of the time be incorrect because, you know, I would say, let's say one, two, like, okay, look, Harden plays point guard and shooting guard. Yeah. Devin Booker plays point guard and shooting guard. Paul George plays shooting guard, small forward, slash power forward. Victor Oladipo plays point guard, shooting guard, small forward. CJ McCollum plays point guard, shooting guard, small forward. Donovan Mitchell plays point guard, shooting guard. Karis LeVert plays point guard, shooting guard, small forward. Um, Fred Van Vliet plays point guard, shooting guard. There's, there's just, you know what I mean? It's positionless yeah. basketball. It's tough to label any of these guys as a true shooting guard. And I would even take it a step further and say guys like James Harden aren't necessarily true shooting guards. They are point guards, if anything. Right. But um, Okay, so so after you have James Harden and you have Clay, what's what's your next tier? I had the tier three of Bradley Beal, Jalen Brown, Devin Booker, Paul George. Like, I think all those guys are kind of right. You can make an argument really for any of them to be ahead of the other one. I think there's maybe like some slight differences you can have. Like, I think probably Devin Booker's at the top of that. Like, if you had to like rank them in the tier, I wouldn't want to. But if you did, like Devin Booker's probably at the top of that. Mm-hmm. And then you can probably debate the other four about where they would go. I think, but I think they're all generally about the same. They all have like, very like special skills that they like they all have one thing that they do really really well obviously Beal Booker great scorers on the Mitchell great score Jalen Brown great defender Paul George great defender like these are all things that they, they're all pretty well-rounded players for the most part but I just think they're just a step below Clay Thompson that I don't think they have the resumes that Clay had the resume that Clay has yeah I would I would also not in the not in that same tier but I think when you look at the image, and if you go on the Twitter and look at the image, I think Drew Holiday deserves to be in tier two. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think, I mean, I think him and Shay and Zach Levine and Fred have a conversation for being in tier two. At least a conversation, maybe a debate. I, I, I think still... I think you could definitely move Drew Holiday into tier two and take out DeMar DeRozan and Victor Oladipo at the very least. And yeah, I like, but, and I but then moving, but then like shifting them to tier three just seems disrespectful. You know what I mean? It does. Yeah. But like, I, it's just so difficult. I, I definitely would take Drew Holiday over both of them. individually. Like you gave me both of them in a vacuum. I'm taking Drew Holiday over both of those guys. Over DeMar and Victor Oladipo? Yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 Like I like, I like DeMar. Like we're both got Toronto. We both from Toronto. We both love DeMar for different reasons, but yeah. And like I, I think he's great, but I think he's not as good of a player as he's not as good of a basketball player as Drew Holiday. I think that's something that most fans should agree with. But I know there's a section of NBA Twitter and NBA fans that have Demar at a certain level because just of the game he plays. Yeah, I, I think it, it's of, it's more of an aesthetics thing with Demar, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think some people would bristle. That's a, a funny word to use, actually, given the context with the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people would bristle at Demar being worse than drew holiday or even victor oladipo because people have seen the peak for those guys like the peak for victor oladipo is very high yeah 
but we haven't seen that in two years yeah. for different for different reasons, mostly for injuries. But we haven't seen that, so I I can't comfortably put Victor Oladipo ahead of Drew Holiday when we've only seen Victor Oladipo be better than Drew Holiday for one season. I'll also say this, and I agree with you on that. Um, I'll also say CJ McCollum gets a lot of love for a guy who has been on and off and consistent. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, other than that, I really have nothing else to say about CJ. I like the game he plays. I just think that at times he can be inconsistent. And I don't know where we're getting this whole thing of he's in a different tier than a Drew Holiday or a, yeah. honestly, a Fred Van Vliet, if we're being quite honest with you. That's, I, I, that's, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. That's a debate, actually, that like has been going on through Bucks Twitter has been like Drew Holiday and CJ McCollum have been like kind of people have been looking at that as like, oh, these are potentially guys that the Bucks could go after or even comparing them just to Chris Middleton. And I don't I, I mean, I, I'm I'm not surprised Chris Middleton isn't in the shooting guard tier because I think people see him more as a small forward now. But I guess you could have yeah. definitely put him in that list. And I think there's definitely a gap between Drew Holiday and CJ McCollum. I think I, there's definitely. Yeah, I would honestly consider. Chris Middleton more of a shooting guard than I would consider Paul George a shooting guard. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do, I, 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 mean, I, I totally see why people would put him. I mean, I think in the all NBA stuff, he was listed as a forward. So, yeah, you know, so I, I, I agree with you. Um, look, are there any, look, this, this list is crazy. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> it's just all over the place. You could, you could nitpick at it for hours if you want to. Uh, so you can go ahead and check that out on my Twitter. It's also on the true sports TV, Instagram page. They also did one about point guards, which was just wild. Um, <laughs> it was mad disrespectful to Kyle Lowry. I'm still the Lowry thing was the worst one. Like I know Raptors fans want to put Fred Van Vliet the next tier up, but like, there's at least a debate you can have yeah, there. Yeah, there's yeah. no debate with Lowry. Like Lowry should not be a tier below like a, like a, a Kyrie or a Kemba Walker. Like, there's just no basis for Ben Simmons. Shout out to Seth Partnow, Partnow, but he actually did a poll the other day saying, which point guard would you rather have, Kyrie Irving or Kyle Lowry? And I think Kyle Lowry won like 60 to 40%, which is, it goes to show you how the narrative around Kyrie has changed, but also how the narrative, and I'm going to use narrative a lot here, but the narrative (laughs) around Kyle Lowry has changed as well. People completely look at him as a different player nowadays. Um, let's, let's move into a different conversation. Maybe something that is less about the death threats that I've been receiving today and, uh, more something fun. I I've also actually not death threats, but people have gotten mad at me for posting a bunch of different suggested trades, uh, whether it be trades for a certain all-star former all-star shooting guard and drew holiday or trades for who else did I make a trade for that people got really mad at? I'm Bradley not Beal. To, thank you very much. That's who it was, Bradley Beal. Um, so let's talk about one <laughs> off-season move. It could be a trade. It could be a signing. You could pick whatever you'd like. Um, what is the one off-season move you think should be done? Whatever team whatever thing, just take your pick as the most important offseason move that should be done this season. This off-season, I, was, I was doing, I was actually working on something. I, I told you about what I was working on. I was working on something about this and I just kind of lost track of it and I didn't really go back to it, but the Pacers have to trade Victor Oladipo this offseason. Like, I think that's something that just needs to happen. And I think there was a report that came out today that, you know, he wants a max extension, but the Pacers aren't going to give it to him. And 
and someone replied to that tweet with like, this isn't, a, uh, this isn't like a situation with the Bucks where it's a guy who wants to stay there on a small market team and can win a championship. That's not what this is about. He wants to be there, but he wants the money. But the Pacers justifiably don't want to give him the money. It's justifiable on both sides. Like I can see why both got why both sides want like want the max or don't want to give the max. Like Victor Oladipo knows the level he can play at. We know the level he can play at. We saw it. I mean, I talked about it. He had that one really good season. But the Pacers haven't seen that in two years. The Pacers can't rely on Victor Oladipo to be healthy at this point in his career. And that's sad because again, we've seen the level he, that he can play at. And he was such that was such a fun Pacers team. And I love that Pacers team. I love the current Pacers team. I like that group they have. I think they're so much fun. But if you're not going to sign Victor Oladipo to that money and you know there's a team that will, you have to get rid of him this offseason. You have to get, get get out of that contract, get out of like having to be in that situation while you can and get the assets for him that you can. And I think the most obvious two places are Brooklyn and Miami. Yeah. And they're the places that have the best assets, right? Um, yeah, I, I think Brooklyn and Miami, and this kind of relates to what I was going to say for my biggest offseason move, um, but I'll get to that in a sec. I think Brooklyn and Miami have the best assets to make some kind of trade for mm-hmm. one of those players. Uh, we talk about a Victor Oladipo. We talk about a Drew Holiday. We talk about a Bradley Beal. Those are really like the three guys that everybody has been talking about for trades this offseason. And uh, out of the three, I would say that Victor Oladipo is the most likely to get traded. I think Drew Holiday has a little bit left on his contract still. He has two years on there, and I think he'd be a great player, great asset to have if the Pelicans try to take a like try to go for that eight seed or try to go, you know what I mean? Try to make a playoff push. I think yeah. Drew Holiday is kind of the perfect person to have on that team. And in terms of Bradley Beal, he just said he wants to win. Now the Wizards are in no position to win right now, in my opinion. <laughs> and and realistically, we have no idea how John Wall is going to look. And this could change come March when, or come even maybe later down the road, trade deadline time, Bradley Beal might be the most tradable guy out of all these three guys. But right yeah. now I would say it's Victor Oladipo. So I agree with you on there. And then Brooklyn and Miami just have the best assets. So you think of for Miami, a Tali Hero, a Kendrick Nunn, who, wow, looked really bad in the NBA Finals, except for a couple of games. Um, looked bad for the whole playoff. Like, yeah. he was unplayable at times, yeah. most times. Although you have to – I mean, the COVID stuff, he did get COVID, yeah. right? So, I mean, there, there's the excuse there. But regardless, Kendrick Nunn did not look good. Uh, Duncan Robinson is obviously a trade piece, although they probably want to keep him. And Tyler Hero is also a trade piece, although they probably want to keep them. Like, these are guys that you could see potentially – maybe even becoming all-stars at some point in time in their careers. You don't know, but um, that's just the whole situation with Miami. And then for Brooklyn, they have two huge assets, three, if you count Jared Allen, but Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie. And, you know, you package those guys with a couple of picks that would probably be enough to persuade an Indiana, you know, you're taking a flyer on a guy who has injuries, who's, who's suffered with really, really bad injuries over the past couple of years He's looking for a max contract and his, his contract is expiring. So there's, it makes all the sense in the world. I do think you're probably right. Victor Oladipo is probably going to get traded. It is another interesting one that, I mean, if they really want to take that, if they're really serious and they like, they thought this playoff run was legit and they think the jump from a certain player is legit. Do the Denver Nuggets think about moving Michael Porter jr.? If they, if like the right trade comes along, like if Bradley Beal, I mean, that's really between those guys, between the guys we talked about, Oladipo, Beal, and Drew Holiday, 
Beal's the only one I want. I would realistically trade Michael Porter Jr. for out of those three. Yeah. So if he became available, do you put him in a trade with obviously like a Gary Harris, or I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, just to put him with Jokic and Murray? If you think Murray, what you saw in the playoffs was legit, if you think that's who he is now going forward, do you put that? You do you move a Michael Porter Jr. to yeah. get better now? Well, like they they at certain points in the in the off season, not off season, the postseason needed Michael Porter Jr. Like his ability, what he could do was really really necessary to that team. Um, so it's kind of an interesting question to have. He's also a guy who's dealt with injuries, and he's also a guy who at any point in time could just break like glass and then it's all over career's done. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know, man. That's an interesting question to see. And I think that's why a Bradley Beal deal might not happen this summer. I think that's why they might see how Michael Porter jr. Plays out and see right. how he develops. And then later on, let's say halfway through the season, nuggets want to pull a win now trade because nuggets are in a position. Like I'm not going to say that they're close to an LA team i'm not gonna say like they're but they're there they are right yep. there they, they made it to the western conference finals they beat the clippers they deserve for us to treat them as if they are one piece away from an nba championship and i think miami is 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 in another is another team that could be easily in that conversation yeah i i think those are both teams i mean the nuggets were like even though they lost in five games they were relatively close games for the most part in that series without with the lakers like if they really could have taken the lead in that series if you know, they had a couple of different bounces. If Anthony Davis misses that shot, they they would have, they would have been able to take that lead in that series. So I think the Nuggets are an interesting place, and I think it really comes down to, like you mentioned, Michael Porter Jr.'s health, and if you can rely on, rely on him at the defensive end. And that was something that obviously Mike Malone didn't believe that he could do for most of that season. And really, he the only reason he got a ton of minutes in the playoffs was because they didn't have Will Barton. Yeah. If they had Will Barton, I don't know how much Michael Porter Jr. plays. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you, man. I agree with you. It, it's kind of, it's kind of like a good thing though that Will Barton yeah. was hurt. I would, I would agree that you know, like maybe Will Barton is expendable now. You know, you have a Michael Porter Jr. You don't necessarily need a Will Barton. That might be the option to go for the Nuggets. But I think my, Nuggets, Miami, Brooklyn, uh, they're in win now situations, so they might have to pull off some kind of trade in the off season. I, I'm not sure if Brooklyn will do it though because they probably want to see how everything works first before they get into moving pieces and things like that. Um, I have a suggestion for a move this off season, although it's, it's not necessarily a trade for a player. It's more so a trade for a pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Boston with having three picks in this draft <laughs> can really do some damage um, and maybe potentially packaging those three picks and maybe an extra player or two, a contract, maybe a Gordon Hayward who has a player I was option. Say Gordon Hayward comes to mind right away. That is enough to get someone else. I'm not saying it's it's enough to get a crazy player, but maybe a Drew Holiday is available. You know, yeah. may, maybe you can get him for that because the 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 Pelicans would gladly take. <laughs> three first round picks and then have their additional one or two that they have themselves. I, I I think that's kind of a no brainer for a team like Boston to go for a guy, or at least try to go for someone along the lines of a drew holiday. Um, drew holiday was the first guy that I thought of for them, which I thought is, is kind of makes the most sense. The money would have to work. Um, and Gordon Hayward 
I feel in a lot of ways has done a lot for this team and in the regular season was really, really good for the Celtics, but he was just not the same player in the playoffs. And I wonder if that's a, if that's him being forced back too early or this is who he's kind of going to be. And I, th- I think it still fills that role. Like I know the Pelicans like drew holiday as like kind of a veteran presence for that team and getting Hayward back is still another veteran presence for that team. And getting the three picks is, I think that's a very, I think that's actually very interesting. I, I, yeah, I, I, I do like that. I think you're, I honestly thought you were going to say just one of your many trade offers when the Sixers just package a bunch of crap and just throw <laughs> it and they'll, they'll, they'll magically get Drew Holiday or Bradley Beal for their package of garbage. No, the Sixers need to do something though. I, I mean, there are that... a lot of teams in the East that like, and I mean, I, I think you're lucky as a Raptor fan. Like, there's a lot of like I know they have a they have a, they have some free agents they need to take care of. Fred VanVleet being the, the main one, and they've already seen Marcus Saul's not coming back. We know that, but yeah. I, I think I think you're still lucky in that sense that there's a lot of still a lot of stability there. There's not you're not gonna there's not too much you need to worry about this offseason. It's a lot of just take care of the bench and take make sure you get Fred VanVleet signed. I think Raptors fans aren't really worried about that, but. A lot of teams in the East, there's a lot of stuff that could happen. Like the Celtics, I think, are pretty stable. The Heat are, we just talked about the Heat. The Celtics are pretty stable. The Bucks uh, could pretty much have anything happen this offseason. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Like They could trade Chris Middleton for, I don't know, nothing. And I'd be I wouldn't be surprised at this yeah, point. Yeah. I, I, I do agree that in the East, there's a lot of um, good teams with broken parts. Mm. It, oh, the Pacers, too. Right. Pacers, as well. Pacers are a team, a good team, broken parts, Victor Oladipo situation, uh, Sabonis and Turner situation. You have Milwaukee with the whole, okay, we're under this pressure now to, to win. Now, do we have to flip one of our one all-stars or, or all defense guys to be able to do this? Okay. Um, with, with who else? Miami. Okay. We just got to the NBA finals. We didn't expect to make it to the NBA finals. Should we pull a win mount win now move now, or should we wait until 2021? Like we were planning to, mm-hmm. um, Bam out of bio extension for the Miami heat as well. And then if you look at, let's say, who else do we have here? Boston, Boston is a team who really can't do much yeah. other than the tra- trading those picks that I mentioned. And they kind of have that. I think at least after next season, they're going to have to take a look in the mirror if they don't get to that level again and say, okay, what's, what's not working, you know, what yeah. I mean? because they've, they've made it to the conference finals a couple of times. This team has kind of stayed similar throughout those conference finals. So you have to kind of look at yourself and see what's not working the way it is. Um, Indiana, you mentioned with everybody that's broken uh, Philly is just a bunch of broken pieces. It's like a jigsaw puzzle puzzle that they're trying to fit together. That doesn't fit together properly. That's another one where like anybody could go on that team. I wouldn't be surprised. Like you, like you, even like I know the the Joel Embiid rumors are pretty far fetched, but like if they did it, I wouldn't be like, oh wow, that's shocking. Like it wouldn't be like if the Raptors trade Kyle Lowry, I'd be shocked. Yeah. But if yeah. the Sixers traded Joel Embiid, that's a shock to me, or that's not a shock to me. And like even Ben, like I think Ben Simmons would be the one guy that I'd be surprised if they moved. Yeah, yeah, I I, I do think though there is some shakeups that have to happen. Like even if they have to take on a bad contract, they might try to do that just to get rid of Al Horford. You know what I mean? But Al Horford's that's a, that's also worse. Where, like, that's another one where people, are, uh, specifically our friend Nolan Kangas, he try like, I've, I see so many trade packages with Al Horford being thrown into it. Like he's a valuable addition to the trade. <laughs> Not, like it's like, oh, Al Horford in a pick for uh, Buddy Heald. 
That's not a good trade. That's just not a good like Al Horford's not a valuable asset in 2020, 2021 anymore. Yeah, especially I was, with his contract. Exactly. Exactly. I was talking to him and I'm like, man, you're gonna have to give up Matisse and Josh for a for Buddy Healed. That's that's what it'll be. At, it, at, the, at the least those two. Yeah. Like at least those two. And some picks. Well, maybe and, a couple and, picks too as well. Yeah, yeah. Although I would wonder, I'd be skeptical to to see the Kings actually pull off a good trade, you know, because <laughs> they just, they, they do not know. Like, did I hear something about how they're in the running for Giannis and Sinukumpo? They're trying to go that make a run at. Hailed. That was so funny because that's actually, so the guy who tweeted that is a Bucks account, but he's not like a reporter or anything. He just changed his name to be a reporter. And so many people saw that and ran with it. They're like, Oh my God, this is so funny. But he's been doing it with like, a, he's done it with a few teams. It's just like, it's Bucks Twitter mocking like all the reports of like, oh, this team is involved, like interested in Giannis. Like, of right. course they are. Yeah, of course tw- they're interested in Giannis. There's 29 teams. If there's a team. I know there's one team. I know there's one. I think it might have been the same guy. I think it's at nihilist underscore Bucks. He put out a one. He put out one that was like, uh, after much deliberation, the Detroit Pistons have realized they are not an option for Giannis and Tedekumbo. <laughs> it's like that's those are more accurate reports than like those are more surprising than seeing like. Oh, the Miami Heat are all in for Giannis in 2021. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, anybody, anybody yeah, will like be. Every team in. should be. Any team with a brain should be. Yeah, you're right, man. You're right. Uh, anything else you want to add to the pod before we head out? I just, I'm really excited for this off season, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, the off season podcast is back, and where we can, yes, you know, just talk about crazy rumors. Yes, that's the goal of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We just <laughs> spew propaganda. <laughs> and we talk about rumors. That's the goal of the Shoot Your Shot podcast. And the other goal is to have you guys come on and throw out your hot takes and all that stuff as well. So if you would like to, I will reiterate, please come on the podcast. We are literally open to any person, any annoying <laughs> Twitter person on there can come on this podcast if you would wish. Uh, that's all I got for you guys, man. Enjoy your weekends. Enjoy the off season, and uh, have a good one. Take care. Bye. Thank you.